With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. If you're hearing this, and of course you are because it's a podcast, we aren't in the country. We are we are somewhere <laughs> lost in the wilds of Germany. Actually, I was going to say something like, thank this, you, Captain Obvious, but yeah, yes, hopefully, you're listening. Thank you. Exactly. Hopefully, actually, we know exactly where we are at the moment in Germany, but we are in the midst of our road tour to actually have finished our road tour. Today, hopefully, we know where we're at. This. Yes, exactly. Wherever you, wherever you are right now, that's Vote where you confidence. are. confidence. That, yeah, that's we that seem is. like good trip leaders right now. No, we're in the middle of pilgrimage right now. We have a, a couple things going on that relate to you guys. Uh, first off, if you are in Germany, you are from Germany. Akam, I'm looking at you. You are from Germany, and you're hoping for a meeting up while we're there that is happening that's happening uh two days from now that will be thursday october the third that night in downtown frankfurt we're going to go we're gonna have a meet up at the meet room just let the jokes write themselves yes it's the m-e-a-t up meet up at the mm-hmm. meet room there you it's, go it's yeah. meetroom.de if you want to look up the menu just mm-hmm. to decide what you want to eat before you <laughs> arrive that's perfectly acceptable now we will admit look it's not like we hang out in downtown frankfurt we will admit uh, you know hopefully that restaurant works for all of us We'll be able to meet there about 7 p.m. That is the plan. We're we will keep there. Yes, we will. We will keep our social media up, updated so you can watch that and understand via Facebook or Instagram. Are we moving? What's going on location and yeah, schedule right, wise? But right. that's our intention is to be there. The only way I know to catch up with everybody is uh, is by the social media thing. But we're going to try to have a meet up at the meet room because we got to eat somewhere that night. By that time, it looks Thursday good, night, actually, it looks they've great. They've got pasta. They've got steaks. Go. They've got fish. We're now just advertising for them. By it the looks way, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so by that point, everybody that has joined us on the Pilgrimage, thank you to all of you. By that Thursday afternoon, you will have left town and you will be headed elsewhere. Also, one quick announcement and surprise. The Friday podcast this week mm-hmm. will be actually the Pilgrimage Wrap-Up podcast. We'll have everybody from the Pilgrimage that wants to be. will be on that podcast having a roundtable. We've never been able to do this before. We've never mm-hmm. been able to do a podcast with the attendees at the end of the pilgrimage. We've always had well, it like, yeah. right in the middle. It's, this it's will be everybody's better. done everything. Exactly. It's not about you know, just people's perceptions. The Absolutely, folks that yeah. listened to the podcast and now are on the podcast Completely, yeah. joining us to say, what do you think of the trip? What stood out? And those are the kind of questions we want to ask everybody. So we're looking forward to it because we're right in the middle at this point, even yeah. though we're recording this in advance, as Todd has said. So we're super excited and uh, yeah, just really, really ready to uh, to engage and be there with everybody and Kind of, yeah, just be back. Driving, it's, driving it's the ring and spa. We will be it's nowhere great. near Nuremberg, by the way. I just thought I'd put that out yes, there Yes, you keep we reminding We'll be in Nuremberg. Nuremberg is farther away. We'll be in Nuremberg. It is an entirely and different And we'll also be across, across the border in Belgium, where, by the way, you're probably still going Autobahn speeds, but the Autobahn is now behind you. I've done that. The That's speed limits actually come down once you cross the oh, yeah, border. They do. They, 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 the Autobahn speeds do not continue, but mm-hmm. you're suddenly in Belgium still going, well, quickly. quickly yeah, we should yeah. not do that either. All right. Well, guys, thank you for joining. We've got a pretty cool topic Tuesday from Ben. He writes to us on Facebook and he said, what is it that gives a car character? Mm. So I look forward to unpacking this. I've got a lot of different perspectives on this. We've also got a pretty cool debate from Alec V in Vermont Mm -hmm. who wants to get a more focused car and he does a myriad of jobs and has a lot of stuff going on (laughs) in his life. Lots of requirements here. Oh my gosh. I liked it because it was a very detailed email, even though it was a long email. For sure. For sure. I liked it because it was detailed and he's really looking to get out of his rut essentially because he does claim in Vermont he's ready to throw down. He says, you know, Subaru is the state car of Vermont, not Colorado. Specifically yeah. Outback. So, yeah. there's a lot of Debatable. Outbacks here, but but uh, but I hear you. I hear For you. On sure. that. So yeah, apparently they uh, they salt their roads into oblivion there, and cars just fall apart. So that's part of the problem as well. So we'll talk <laughs> about that. Like, quicker of course, than there's there's also questions coming up from you guys. We have uh, seen some of the backlog of questions. We're getting to some of those uh, on this podcast as well. Thank you for all of those. But let's dive into how on earth are we going to define character. All right. Well, Ben is writing about this nebulous concept mm-hmm, of character. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that. You'll hear all kinds of magazine journalists and reviewers talk about this car has personality. This car mm-hmm. has character. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Ben is saying, you know, people say that most modern cars are just appliances. But other people say you can bring this character out with modifications, meaning you add a part or you, you know, you start with this part and that part and you can mm-hmm. sort of coax character, whatever that is about the car, you can coax it out. And he asks, is it handling? Is it just performance related? And why do some people love cars 
that drive terribly. They drive awful. He said, kind he of wants to hear our thoughts thought, on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People that essentially are driving a car that if, if you were as a car enthusiast got in and talked about, you and I got in and talked about how does it drive. It doesn't drive well, no. but they own it, spend money on it, and drive it every day. Why is that is part of this question as well, which is crazy. Well, I just want to open up the discussion here with an overarching thought, Ben, and that is a car that makes you feel a certain way okay. or makes you want to go do a certain thing. And my examples are burnouts. You know, when we first got in that Challenger... Challenger Hellcat? Yep, yeah, the Challenger the first, Hellcat. That was before. the first Hellcat we had, yeah, for sure. I wanted to play music I hadn't listened to in years. Like, you know, <laughs> Queensryche came out and like <laughs> Iron Maiden. Well and done. Like, Why like do I want to listen to this all of a sudden and do burnouts and scowl at the people next to me and frighten people? Yeah. Oh, it must be the car. It's all this. It's the engine. Okay. Yeah. Weird. It yeah. brought this feeling out. That's or funny. you've got some cool off-road like a Ford Raptor. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And you think, I'm invincible. I am now Superman. I, driving this truck, mm-hmm. I am Superman, and I, I think I will drive up the side of your house just to try it, and <laughs> you, I'll be fine. Your house you, won't, but I'll be fine. You have a house. I have a Raptor. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, it's that feeling yeah, that it yeah, brings yeah. out. So either it's drag racing or burnouts or, you know, like I said, you want to roll the windows down, blast the music you listened to in high school. Like, what? <laughs> where did that come from? It's the car that brought this out in That's me. That's funny. I like it. What about, you know, go anywhere or, or you know, what about nostalgia? What about the cars mm-hmm, you grew mm-hmm. up with? Oh, yeah. Because you say, well, I'm a Ford guy, and Fords are awesome, and I love all Fords. And the car, the, the Ford that I'm driving now, doesn't quite have the character that yeah. we define, like a GT350 Mustang. Mm-hmm. Buzzy and exciting and so much going on. But it has you know nothing to do with what I associate mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a... You know, some base model Ford, and it sure, has nothing sure, to do sure, with the yeah. cool Ford that I had in high school. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it could be nostalgia, but it also could be the future. As in, all of us listening are thinking, whether sooner or later, nebulously about mm. my next car. Yeah. The world is my yeah, oyster. Yeah. So For what sure. is yeah. it about my next car that will bring out mm. kayaking? And I, it'll nurture that, you know, half a percent in me that has always wanted to do. I need a beanie and a kayak. Give me a car. An activity. Yeah, that's funny. That's and you funny, think, yeah. well, no, if I if I get that car, it'll nurture that photography yeah, sure. hobby, or it'll sure, nurture yeah, that. Yeah. You know what? I've always wanted to go, you know, take road trips, mm-hmm, and yeah. now that I have the car to do it. That doesn't mean by buying the car, it actually is going to, to manifest itself in that activity. Then you have to go do those things. Yes, for sure. Yeah. But it certainly does open up the feeling of, you know what? I, I think I could start doing blank activity it. more often. Yeah. I'd like yeah, to yeah. get back into you know, road biking or you know, name an activity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, the, mm. thing, the sport you played in high school. Or the, yeah. the, you know, it can be based on nostalgia, but it, it's also looking ahead towards the future of – yeah, I want to. I want to try that, and I think if I only had the right okay. SUV yeah, yeah, to do yeah. that light off-road trail, then maybe I wouldn't have to pack the stakes in with the coolers over the sides of the donkeys <laughs> to get into the campsite. Stop. I could take my car instead. Stop. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was exploring these, Ben, and I was also exploring from a manufacturing standpoint. Where manufacturers are going, and that is services, certainly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And every manufacturer trying to define their brand by services and what, you know, the the whole ecosystem, what that does for you, the owner (laughs) or the user in the future. And there's, of course, the brand perception and like, yeah, I like that brand, but they don't make the car for me quite Mm -hmm. yet. And then there's also the dealer experience like Lexus and Saturn. Everybody remember Saturn? It's like the dealer experience and we all got name tags and we're all friends. <laughs> and here's the price. And and, and 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 here's the part of the parking lot where we just are rolling shopping carts into the plastic doors to show you exactly. that they bounce back. This is just the shopping cart center. Go ahead, try to bend it. They should have opened Saturn dealers at grocery stores. They should have. Yes. It's like there's the yes. bank, there's the post office, the Saturn dealer. Carts already rolling oh, around. Yeah. You get done with your groceries and you just randomly push it away yeah. from your car. <laughs> I don't care if it hits anything. Anyway, yeah, okay. So there's all these things that are, you know, kind of swirling around in my head. And ultimately, it comes down to particular parts of the car. Because you addressed, can you throw parts at a car to coax character, to coax a personality out? You have to be good because that's why there's tuning shops that exist. Mm, That have actually partnered various part they've they've selected and curated various parts that okay so we know this will work better with a car mm-hmm. you don't want those shocks you want these yeah and that's why they call it stage one stage two stage three yeah but Plus it's I, easy to sell things in packages oh, sorry yeah, yeah i'm being cynical is. yeah go on <laughs> but ultimately i think it comes down to a few things styling 
Okay. It comes down to, I mean, that's why everybody thought, remember PT Cruisers were cute and it was the styling. For, for so, five minutes, yeah. You know, it's got character because it's cute. It looks like a cartoon. and It looks I, like a bread van. Uh, I've always wanted a bread van, even though I don't know what that term is until right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Bread? I don't eat bread. No, it comes down to styling, engine, and drivetrain matchups. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them, those matchups really bring a car to life. Then there's the handling and ride, as you have identified in your email, too. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. derivative of the wheelbase, certainly. Okay. The length of the right, wheelbase. Yeah. And the last one that I want to touch at eventually is color. Because mm, okay. how right. many of us have friends or parents or siblings say, I saw the coolest car today. And you say, yeah, what is it? It was yellow. Yeah. And um, Yeah, I've had that conversation <clears throat> multiple times. And, uh, well, how many doors? Let's start there. I don't remember. Did you see the badge in the hood of the trunk? No. But it was yellow. But it was it yellow. Was cute. Yeah, exactly. I've had that conversation. I've told you this story before. My mom saw a yellow car near them where they live in Central California. She was like, this looked just like your car. She sent me a photo. It was a Saturn coupe. Oh. It didn't happen to be yellow. I was like, the, the, other, other than color, Screaming there's really the nothing similar about that car you just saw and my mm. Lotus Elise. But yes, you're right, Mom. They're both yellow. Uh, I, it, it, can, it can actually make that perception like, true. that's yeah, a yeah. cute car. That's a cool yeah. car yeah, yeah. because of color. And this is why designers actually paint things in white. It's called body in white to evaluate the design before color is influencing Mm -hmm. any of your decisions. Because it could be the greatest design in the world, and the CEO comes in and says, I hate green. Why did you have to make it in green? Sure, yeah. I don't like it. White's the great equalizer. Don't look past the green. Yeah, yeah. No, the damage is done. Mm. Mm. So we've got to look at the parts of the car. We've got to look at styling. We've got to look at color and all these things, how it influences what that character says about the car. You're going deep. I, I, didn't, I didn't go this way at all, but I, I think this is fascinating. Absolutely. I'm, uh, you know, I think back to especially nostalgia because we think, you know, like. This is why auctions exist is nostalgia. Absolutely. I hate to say it, but auctions, that is the, the monetary, let's exchange money for, for a. For a slice of my. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I want to be in high school again or in college, but this time I want to be cooler because I have cash. Oh, look, you're auctioning off what I wanted to drive when I was a high school senior. Hey, honey, let's redo prom. I mean, it's kind of That's, what we're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Where did you go with this? I mean, well, where do you want to start and where did you go, to be honest? Where was your headspace I'm, I'm very curious for you to unpack where you are further. I think, I think my – I've got much more of a kind of one-lane description of this for me okay. personally. And right. I think character in a car directly relates to how involved you as a driver are. Sure. And I think the yep. less involved you are, the less character a car naturally has. Now, you can go – it can be too much of a character. Okay, It can be the flat-out oddball, which means these things don't work, it doesn't start – all this kind of stuff. That, that can be as well, okay? You can have an old classic car that has so many quirks. There, there are those of us that will love them anyway, okay? Mm-hmm. I love the Lotus in spite of its quirks. Mm-hmm. But you can have too many. But let me put it to you this way. Go-karting. Okay. The average person that isn't a driver, that isn't really that interested in, in being a driver, if they hop in a go-kart, they'll have fun. Sure. Sure. They may not drive it as well as the person there that's an enthusiast in carts for fun and autocrosses, but they'll still have fun in a go-kart. Go to a, a party that's at a go-kart place, and everybody just kind of gets in and like, hey, mom's getting in, and hey, you know, whoever's getting in that doesn't that drives the minivan, and they still have so much fun in a go-kart. The reason is because you're not going that fast. They're tiny. Yes, you've got friends and family around you, but there is nothing to isolate you from exactly what's going on, hmm. and that hmm. makes it fun. That gives it character. Now, go to the other end of the spectrum. There are hypercars, supercars. I'll, I'll go to the Bugatti Veyron. Okay. The problem with it when it first came out, everybody that drove it was just kind of like, wow, yeah, Im- Im- impressive. <laughs> I can never relate or afford or I probably but, will never see one. But the people that drove it even, like we knew Michael Harley and many other drivers oh, sure, that drove it and sure. actually drove it over time period and were just like, yeah, wildly capable. <laughs> Yay, Bugatti. But not really fun. Now, mm-hmm. how is it possible that that stat sheet did not equate to fun? Mm-hmm. Because the car was just doing it all. Okay, there wasn't there yeah. wasn't anything kind of analog or character filled left. I'll even go more down to earth. We drove the uh, Camaro ZL1. Okay. And the Mustang GT350. Spoiler alert, uh, those are on uh, Amazon, I believe it's season three, Amazon Prime and also on yeah. Vimeo. Right, okay, we right. drove those back to back. Right. Honestly, by an objective measure, by just what's faster, accelerates better, more capable, more grip, Camaro. But from a Mm. fun factor, Mm. Mustang. 
because the Camaro was tightened down even further. The, the edges, the character was rounded off a bit more to make it a missile. Okay. And I laughed okay. more in the in the GT350 because it was a little more raw. It was a little more connective. Okay, we just dropped this Porsche piece. And one of the things I was so surprised by in the GT2 is because it had all steel ball joints for all the steering linkages, you got information back. Yeah. It became a car that – I know it's a cliche. I know it is. But at 20 miles an hour, that car was fun because it felt like a go-kart because there wasn't anything isolating you. For me personally, character is mutually exclusive from isolation. You can have a car with, you know, nice. I mean, the 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 GT two is still a nice place to be, surprisingly. But yet, it, amazingly enough, yeah. Yet it, yeah. So it isolated you enough that you weren't annoyed, but yet it gave you all the right information. These cars that are wildly capable, but I can't tell speed below a hundred miles an hour. That has all, no character. But somebody was concerned about the noise, vibration, and harshness. Mm-hmm. Somebody was concerned mm-hmm. about the the uh, sound insulation, and let's make that easier. And let's make and as a result. It's just become too easy. I'm irrelevant. The GTR suffers this problem. That's on my list. I made a couple lists. I'm list guy. I, I know you do. But the GTR suffers this problem because it can do amazing things with me or the person that just started driving or an amazing race driver or somebody that's half asleep. It's still doing amazing things. Sure. It's lacking in character but not the least bit lacking in capability. So for me, it's about isolation. And once you ha- have – once you're less isolated, it, it gains more character. It can go wrong, but that's, to, for me, the simple definition. Okay, so at the very highest end are race cars. Those are fully not isolated yeah, and fully yeah. just made to do one thing. So mm-hmm. you saying, let me ask you this, from the standpoint of making cars harder to drive, does that enter into this equation? Well, the car was harder to drive. I had to do more work. I had to shift myself. I had to, mm-hmm. The brakes were harder. The clutch hurt my leg. Does that give it character when the car is physically more difficult to drive and more demanding on you as a driver? So, you know, I, speed limits too low being, you know, that's why we're all separate bored. Th- that ran aside, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the car being too boring and therefore we're just floating along because the car's so easy to drive like a GTI. Yeah. Yeah, that is an easy to drive yeah, car. Yeah, it is for sure. It, is. Yeah, it yeah. just works and mm-hmm. runs yeah. and you, your mind drifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so easy. See, I think if cars were harder to drive, or particular sports cars, mm-hmm. if they got harder to drive, we have you know electric cars over here, very easy to drive. Yeah, Boop, yeah, yeah. Drive, go, mm-hmm. yep. steer. Yep, yep. We're good. We're there. Fine. Mm-hmm. Look at your gauge. Look at the leaves grow on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yeah, for sure. But what if there were cool cars over here made by companies in the future that were kind of demanding to drive? They were less easy to drive. I think. I think character is also related to sacrifice. Now, I, I, like I said, I think you can go too far. You can have full-on cage race car that's loud, and now you've gone so far into uh, a lack of isolation that now, now it just hurts on the other end of the spectrum. You can go, the, you can go too far. Like that person that is, they're the life of the party, but after about an hour, you want to get away from them. Mm-hmm, sure. Okay? You can have a car that has got so much character, it's now in that regard. So it's, it, this the is not character. a hard... Exactly. This is not a hard and fast rule. There, there obviously is a lot of gray area in here, but I, I do think... The electric car thing is an interesting one. I see your point because they are just just go. There's not any. There's no drama at all. Okay? They're not hard to drive because everything is assisted. And I think they're not it, hard to drive. I I want to feel involved. I want to feel necessary. Mm-hmm. And all the cars that I find the least interesting, I am the least necessary. Hmm. I want to touch on styling, Ben, and that is, you know, is the car charming? Is it ugly? Is it, you know, obviously beauty in the eye of the beholder, of course, because, you know, we can debate the first-gen Panamera all day, right? But Is it a debate, really? Is there anybody uh, really standing up and going, that car's gorgeous? I wouldn't say gorgeous, but because form follows function, especially that is the mantra for every good design, Mm. that they could fit people like you and I in the back seat and make it perform yeah. like it did, yeah. that's what stands out to me so much. Is it pretty? The second generation is far better. They, yes, they it resolved is. it, yes, and it I'm is. thrilled, and you can still sit back there perfectly fine. Gumpert Apollo. Proving, indeed, the Gumpert. <laughs> Crazy fast. All the track capable, records. Not attractive. Exactly. That's, a, that's an opposite problem. <laughs> but that does draw us or repel us from a car, and yeah, that is yeah, yeah. part of you know what we look at as, you know, all right, is it is it charming? Is it, you know... Is it interesting? Is so it you're thinking about almost, full like, of character. like a better put it, cute cars. 
like Volkswagen Beetle and the Mini redesign and the Fiat 500, these cars that their reason for being is to have kind of a cute, approachable demeanor. The, the new Honda E has that. Has it that does, very much. That's a great you know? example. It looks and cute and friendly, and that's they, got a lot of character in driving it. They have like a little puppy demeanor in look, uh-huh. and that's a level of character as well. But the Absolutely. problem is, do they have a super bland driving experience to back that up? And now you're like, I don't care how cute you are. You're boring. They could. I experienced that with the Volvo C30. I thought that yeah. was a gorgeous design car. and a great reinterpretation of Volvo's history. Yeah, I see that. If that had been fast and rear-wheel drive and performing well, sure, I would have been thrilled with it. Yeah. But the interior was, you know, chewing was, gum without it was flavor. It was, it was fine. Yeah, not it was great. And the very bland Volvo at the time. It's it, like the Countach. Okay, everybody in the outside of the car is going, "Wow, what a great car!" And you're on the inside going, "I wish I had more fun. I wish I had the fun you're having looking at the car that I'm in." That was a discussion we had when we drove that car. Is the owner actually talked about how he felt like it was always more fun for the people watching him drive it than it was for him driving it because yeah. there were a lot of sacrifices there of that's hot and that's not working and this kind of stuff. And Look, my legs being burned. Yeah, and my seriously. feet aren't the right place and <laughs> the visibility sucks. It's, and it's a it's a genuinely there's a real adventure watch our piece on it there's a real adventure in driving that car that is enjoyable but i don't know that it's a great car to drive in the next breath which is really interesting all kinds of character and not good to drive yeah so <laughs> i mean you look at a fiat 500 and you think how cute what a car full of character yeah yeah, yeah. Merp, merp, you know yeah, clown sure. music and the whole deal <laughs> clown then, music <laughs> then the abart is a whole different kind of yes, level because yes. it's it's cute with a snorty tone and it's mm. fast and it handles and what yep. What is yep. this little thing? That's got character. It can come down to a feature like the Lambo doors. It can mm-hmm. come down to mainly my point is engine and drivetrain matchups because okay. the ones that are good, they they take the weight of the car away and suddenly the car is moving and it's crisp mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. the good ones I'm talking. It's and light suddenly, on its feet now. Yeah. Exactly. The car is just, it's come to life. And sure, the power sure. for the weight and size of the car makes it just snappy and crisp okay. and it moves and you think, wow. This is great. It makes me feel like I'm involved, okay. like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I'm sure. involved. Yeah. Handling can definitely do that, but there are cars that handle well that don't have the power to match, and that's True. my complaint with the Toyota 86. I know. I know. Well, well because or, it yep. comes to life when you're you know, in fourth, almost to red line, and you're moving at a good clip, and you've got some curves in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Also in third, but yes, I take your point. But then <laughs> I want to upshift, or you know, I downshift hard to in a corner, and then I need the power. It's not there. Yeah. So all that character and that fun dies. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So then it could be uh, color, as I mentioned before. You know, color can absolutely influence Please our perception. Please buy a color. Please buy a color. <laughs> but back to real quick comment on this engine and drivetrain. Is it like the turbos come on at a certain level? Is it the second cam that happens like in the Lotus? Is it VTEC? Sure, at sure, At what sure. point in the tack does the power come on and you think, well, there she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're cooking with gas. Yeah. Kind of, you know, wow. Yeah, yeah. Love it. But up until that point, you've been like, where's the fun? Where's you know what? the fun? That was an interesting thing. That was the surprise feature on that Porsche 959. I think we were yeah. all having fun driving that car and enjoying it for what it was in the first turbo. Uh-huh. But that really late to the party punch in the gut that is the second turbo, and you better be on your game because you suddenly have to shift, that added a whole layer to that car. It was like, I didn't know this was even here. That added the word super at the front. Yeah, it did. It that. did for sure. That's yeah, yeah. where it's like, oh, that's why it's a supercar. Yeah. I wasn't feeling it until that happened. But that's the thing that, that makes that car the unexpected, all of a sudden stand out and like, oh, I didn't know it did that, which was a real extra moment to that car for sure. I mean, there's cars that bash you over the head, the Hellcat anything, mm-hmm. the Z06 and the ZR1 Corvettes. They just, yes. I'm going to bash yes. you in the face with character because you better be ready. Or if you're not, I'm still going to bash you in the face. <laughs> yeah. That's more, that's more true there, yes. But then I made a list besides our you know our modern cars with character, all the usual suspects that you guys know, S2000, Fiesta ST, yeah. 86, okay. Lee's Caymans. But what about cars without character and personality? The GTR, as Todd, you called out. Audi A7s. All the yeah. mid-range sedans that aren't the M5s and the AMGs and the mm-hmm. you know RS whatevers from the Germans. Solid cars, solid, but great. Not, yeah, I'm drooling. You know, <laughs> or I'm just tuned in. To, you know, you've, I'm mostly, you've mostly fallen asleep. Yeah, yeah. I get it. yeah. Take your point. Many large sedans. So when we drive mm-hmm. cars, and then oh, there it is. Yeah. That's either through a corner like the Alpha Julia. Mm-hmm. It's either with power like a like the new three series or. You know, the power comes on later and like, there 
that G70. Genesis G70 has a surprising power plant under the hood. Yeah. So ultimately, all that to say, Ben, is it can it manifests itself differently. And what's so crazy and blows my mind constantly is that as human beings manufacturing these things called cars, mm-hmm. we're all using the same materials. It's aluminum and steel and yeah. plastic and leather. And yeah, yeah, yeah. How we humans envision the car and make it with all the same material. Your Lotus is made out of the same stuff as... Mercedes Maybach is it's the same. Yeah, you're right. Fasteners and aluminum and steel and all the same at, materials. At its core, yeah, carbon fiber, yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's astounding to find what the use of materials can do to bring out a feeling. Mm-hmm. That's what you and I are constantly searching for. It's interesting. That's isn't why it? it'll always be in every future car. It'll all be different because of wheelbase length and well, it doesn't quite turn in as much. Yeah. Wheelbase is too long. Yeah, yeah. Or that's why Supra went after the Cayman with that wheelbase. They mm-hmm. shortened it up. Yep. They went after yep. the Cayman because they knew it turns in so well. Yeah. They went for a shorter wheelbase. That's what get a little bit of the yeah, magic for the Supra. That's okay. All, All these right. little decisions add up. Sometimes they're bad decisions. Sometimes it's like nearly there. Well, yeah. It's or, intense. Yeah, or we Lexus have to make a sacrifice. Or something. We have to make a sacrifice because of this price or this market segment, and therefore we can't go all the way on that. Which leads me to the second part of this question, which is why do some people love cars that drive awful? Ben, it's because that the driving experience is lower on their list of priority than it is on yours. Or it is on our hours. Absolutely. Because they yeah. are and they are the the people and look, I understand this. If you're if you're just zombie commuting, as I like to refer to it, you are concerned about the tech. Isn't that a double entendre? It like is actually, it's yeah. It's the same thing same twice. Thing, yeah, you're right. right? Uh, but but you're concerned about the tech. How well does my phone connect? Does it have Apple CarPlay? Does it have built in Bluetooth? Can I call call my family? By the way, you see this mirror, I can see the kids in the back. These are the th- oh look, it's got a vacuum. The, the, these are the things that are that start to be features. <laughs> Something to whack you with. Seriously, they start to be features for why I think the car is going to make my life easier. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. Make my life easier and not make me engaged. And I think that is a big sticking point here too. Think about if whatever, however you work out, however mm-hmm. you work out, whatever your activity is, it's not easy. That's the point. The exactly. point is it's supposed to hurt a bit. Yeah. It's supposed to be difficult at some level, but you keep doing it because you enjoy it. You enjoy how you feel afterward. You enjoy how you feel doing it. You enjoy how it goes well. Whatever it is that makes you want to keep climbing a rock or skiing a mountain or riding a bike or running mm-hmm. or whatever it is. The mm-hmm. people I know that are addicted to running, I'm an okay runner, but I know plenty of people that are like, yeah, I do 10 miles a day. I'm like, what? When? Exactly. What are you doing? I how is that sleeping. possible? Yes, Exactly. But they enjoy that. So I think that's the same thing on cars. If you're pursuing in cars, I just want this, I just, I just want, I want it to be quiet and I want it to make my life easier. You're not going to wind up in a car with character. Mm-hmm. If you want it mm-hmm. to excite you, create adrenaline, I can't believe I get to drive this, look at this loud color, you know, look at, look at, look at how this turns in, look at how this seat feels, look, look at the seat, look at the seats in the GT2 RS, I'm sorry we keep talking about it because it's, it's current, you know, look at how crazy that seat is, it doesn't have a trunk, I don't care, mm-hmm. I don't care, it's got all the, you've got a different approach, you are the person going to look for a hard workout versus the person's like, you know what I want to do, I want to take a nap, and both are valid at different times, but if you're the person <laughs> that is shot, button nap, <laughs> exactly. there should be a nap, nap button. button, yeah, exactly, oh, Tesla's going to come out with nap mode, and then here come the lawsuits. Anyway, sorry. Like a little sorry. syringe that sticks right in your neck and knocks you out with the drug. Like. <laughs> and we're done. So I think that's a factor as well. If you're looking for make my life easier, you're not going to wind up in a car that's fun. I mean, ultimately, what it comes down to is marketing. Because yeah, every yeah. ad we see, you think, well, that was targeted at a certain group that I have never met those people in my life. I have no friends that do that activity. I don't know anybody. I've never met anybody that's doing that. <laughs> or maybe it's like, yeah, those are my people. Yeah, for you know? sure. The other thing happens too. <laughs> exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But it seems to me manufacturers and their <clears throat> advertising companies yes. that they employ are getting even more down the rabbit hole into the niche and will continue uh-huh. to right. have to with the proliferation of drivetrain choices. And another CUV to add to our lineup of five already. Exactly. But this one is for surfers that only shoot surf the longboard. So that's the, the X4L? Yes. The, you only right? surf on the longboard. So you got to have a big, long it's roof. Long. And it come And it comes with a roof rack pre-mounted. <laughs> and we're going to sell five of them. We're going to be thrilled. And we're going to shoot, shoot it at Zuma Beach with that rock wall yeah. that is in the back of every single shoot like that. Yes. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... 
the copy writes itself. It really does, yeah. But this is ultimately what the marketers want to tie this into. And the character can be anything. Character, as we all listening to find it, is it's fast, it's fun, it's a rocket ship, it handles great on track and canyons, and it, it I just love has it. to talk to me. That's yeah. one character. Then sure. there's the commute. There's the, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. got my latte and I'm doing the autonomy nap thing. <laughs> the X4L. And right? then there's I, the X4L. BMW, we're saving you right here. But get rid of the beaver teeth. No beaver <laughs> oh, teeth. Yes, and X4L. By the way. Oh, and problems are solved. BMW, you will lose everybody on the planet if you come out with those beaver teeth. They, I'm telling you, don't do it. Adrian? <laughs> He's the director of design currently. Beaver Teeth. It's, it's, unfortunately, I think the ship has sailed. Don't you do it. We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into Auto Tempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader and Car Gurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with Auto Tempest. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want. So if we give you drive homework or you're chasing your dream car or you're just looking to feed the disease, autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I, I'm telling you, I swear by them. These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Alec V is in Vermont writing to us. He's been a listener to the podcast of the podcast since the beginning. He says YouTube even longer. Alec, thank you so much. Really cool. Thank you. Wow. What an email he's <laughs> brought to us. His huge history of very subpar cars. And he says, this is volume one. Yeah. He's had a massive, if sometimes very broke car enthusiast. He says, since he yeah. was a young teenager, he's about to turn 30, lives in Vermont, just a skip from the Canadian border. And apparently we got it wrong. Subaru is the state car of Vermont. I have actually heard that. But but Colorado, the Rocky Mountains really like their Subarus, Rockies especially like their Outbacks. I have never yeah. seen so many Outbacks as when I moved to Utah. And I feel like nine times out of ten, when I see somebody in front of me that doesn't know that the rest of the world exists, it's a gray or su- silver Outback. I don't know why that is. I see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I, I see it in yeah. plenty of other cars as well. But I feel like percentage-wise, the Outbacks, local Outbacks are up. You may drive an Outback and you may hoon it, and God bless you. I just Exactly. Anyway, yeah. Exactly. All right, so he says, because of the salt used on the roads, everything turns to dust very quickly. They're planning on moving south in a couple of years, but for right now, he's got excellent driving roads, mm-hmm. considering the nature of Vermont topography and the ruralness. He says he usually drives on country roads and pieces of highway unless he's doing side work. And boy, yeah. does he have side work. Yes, he does. Unbelievable. He has been an Uber driver. Mm-hmm. He's done pizza delivery. Mm-hmm. He needs to deal with cosplay suits and yep. costumes. Yep. And then he's also been in behavioral therapy for kids. And he says, well, he needs to you know, consider that. He's had incidents in some cars, violent incidents. But, That's a um, crazy sentence, by the way. Yeah, it is. It is. But he needs to, you know, he takes care of kids in that sense and uh, has a lot of different needs. In other words... He's hard on cars. That's the, the gist that is of really everything. where this is going, yeah. And so the debate is that he is a budget of twenty nine thousand dollars with a Paul limiter of twenty nine 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 nine. So we're not breaking thirties, what we're saying. Apparently not. The cars that he owns currently are twenty fourteen Mazda six sports. Which he actually credits us for, for driving. And it's got the manual. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Aftermarket intake, ninety two thousand miles. He's also got a year two thousand Mazda six two six 
with the base four-speed Ford Automatic and the two-liter inline four. I'm noticing a Mazda trend here. <clears throat> well, yeah. he's also, his wife's car is a 2011 Chevrolet Malibu LT, six-speed automatic, and he is begging all of us to crash into this piece of garbage so they can replace it. <laughs> He's looking for it to be okay. someone else's fault that it's now all gone wrong. But he's expecting it to go wrong at any moment or fall apart because of rust. It's it's not doing well. The interesting thing here is that he has this 626 mm-hmm. that he kind of nurses along. His wife has the Malibu that neither of them like. So the car that wins for most everything is the Mazda 6, which is a man only loves it. Okay, But that means there are situations where he'd rather not take the Mazda 6. For example, he does pizza delivery. Doesn't want to take the Mazda 6 for that. Mm-hmm, he ends up mm-hmm. on questionable roads, questionable parts of town, doesn't want the Mazda 6 for that. He's okay with it for work, with, uh, with at-risk kids, et cetera. He's okay with it for work, but it, the, the real question is he bought it originally for Uber. Now he doesn't Uber anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it can kind of work for the, for the work with kids. He doesn't want to take it for pizza delivery, so the 626 hangs on for kind of the bad roads and the bad experiences. Apparently that's going to crumble into chunks of... Uh, yes, it may already be losing chunks as he drives yeah. car. So, so here's where all of these pieces start to come together. They really want the Malibu to die, but it hasn't yet, so okay. Maybe it will continue. So that exists. But with this almost like $1 shy of $30,000, does he get rid of the Mazda 6, get rid of the 626, replace them both with two new things, the new kind of do-it-all hauler, this can get beat on, Uh or does he keep the Mazda 6 and get something else? And where does fun work in this equation, which is awfully hard as well? Well, the the environment certainly taking mm-hmm. care of the car, even though he has said he does really take care of the cars. Did you get the idea that this budget was available if he sold only if he were to sell both cars, or is it just sense. I get this available? Budget, I get this budget is available because I think the six two six is obviously worth nothing and about to die. I get the sense from the way I read this email that we may have five grand more if the Mazda six gets sold because he's he's right side up on it. Hmm. Alec, well, first of all, Alec's friends are clowning him because, you know, they claim he's not a true enthusiast because he doesn't have an enthusiast car. And, you know, he said he's driven some friends' cars. Yeah. He's not into the GTI, suggests a GTI. Not, not super into German cars, but he is willing to give it a shot. Subaru's okay, and he's had at least four of them in his life. Yeah. Along with, yeah, Alec, a, a string of unremarkable cars. And we can see why you're writing to break the cycle. And that's the headspace sure, in my sure. mind is to yeah. break the yeah, cycle yeah. and get out of where you're at. But I'm only going to do it with one car because I do think you should hang on to that Mazda 6. Okay. okay. You're going to be right side up on it. You're not underwater. Yeah. He's, you he's like well the car. It. Yes, agreed. And it's agreed. a good car. And you know the history all of that stuff. So I say, plus it's a manual. So there's yep. some fun yep. that you've even said is fun to be had. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Now, the car I'm going to suggest is German. Okay. All right. But it is quirky because it will be the opposite of all the unremarkable cars that you've had. It's not, it's a modern car, but it's, it's more than just uh, your normal used car. Okay. It's a headspace. It's a new headspace of ownership. All right. All right. I think it'll work because you also said in your email you're really intrigued to start driving a rear-wheel drive car rather mm-hmm. than just the yeah. typical. Never really had drive. that. Really want it. Have driven some other people's, but have never had your own. And that'd be a great enthusiast linchpin there for sure. Breaking the cycle. Okay. This is, love it. Love I, it. Uh, I even went shopping for you, Alec. A 2001. Okay. BMW. All right. Z3 3.0 coupe. The shoe. Ooh, the shoe, but not the M shoe, which but means you could find M it. Shoe. I see where you went. Okay. Which means I found you one in St. Louis, Missouri oh, wow. for twenty six nine. Hmm, I am okay. under your Paul limiter. Yes, you are. Well, well under done. Your Paul. Well done. You know they'll take 26. They might even consider 25 5. Mm-hmm. It's a stick. It's manual. Mm-hmm. It's silver. You can get it wrapped, but it's silver. <laughs> I like it in silver. It looks great. Yeah. And it's only got 43,000 miles. Hmm. It hasn't been ground into dust yet. The wheels look good. It looks sharp. That's cool. It is a unique enthusiast. Yeah, those are very unique. It is a car that... It, it's a conversation piece just as it For sits. For sure. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got... What? BMW made this? What? I've never seen one of these yeah. kinds of cars. Yeah, they're not common anymore. You're right. You will have to travel, I think, for any choice that you go by. Mm-hmm. You'll have to go outside of the state. You'll have to go drive or ship something back. Mm-hmm. But for twenty six grand, 
there's a few out there. This BMW Z3 shoe. I like it. I like it. It's got space because of your needs for whatever, you know, hard on cars that you have needs that you have. You can now make the Mazda 6 that because it Agreed. does have room Agreed. for the adults. Yes, yes. You can take, you know, the at-risk kids in it. You can mm-hmm. do whatever other side jobs are going on in your mm-hmm. life. That now becomes the nice beater. Mm-hmm. And this is the enthusiast car. It's got room for you and your wife. I agree. Yeah. You've got still kind of station wagony room in the back. I think car manufacturers need to build more shooting brakes because I do think they fit into people's lives. Okay. And he also said no SUVs. None. Yeah. I will not consider SUVs and SUVs. So that's why I went this direction. I thought shooting brake. What's a tiny shooting brake? That's what he needs. I like it. It's a sports car shooting brake. Good good find. Now it's older. Mm -hmm. So it will need the upkeep but you said you're you're ready for that you're yeah. you're, you're yeah, up yeah. for it 26 grand the shoe great find great find one place where you and I have definitely aligned here and I want I want to unpack it again here real quick Alec I feel like you have two Mazda 6s from two generations because they can't all do one job no oh, sure. you have the 626 yeah. and the new Mazda 6 and and the problem with, the problem that I feel like you're you're having right here is that the newer Mazda 6, you're cr- trying to keep nicer because it's also trying to be your enthusiast car. And then you have mm. the 626 for when the job or the task or whatever gets a little too rough for the nicer Mazda 6. So get rid of the 626. You, just like you said, Paul, put the Mazda 6 in the do-it-all category. You still like it. You're right set up on it. You enjoy driving it. Yeah, keep so, it. So now it becomes pizza delivery, and I have to go down this nasty road, and hey, my wife and I are going to the fan convention. Cosplay stuff fits in the back. Yeah. It is the road trip car. It's the do-it-all, and you like it, and it's the do-it-all. But that completely frees you up now to take that budget and buy something that its only purpose is to be really cool, rear-wheel drive, and fun. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that task, which the Mazda was trying to also do, is released, and the Mazda six can be the do it all. So in this scenario, I'm having you keep the Mazda six. Now we're spending twenty five to thirty k on rear wheel drive, manual, and fun, which is a great list. Two obvious contenders here that you could get. One of them you get new. No, shop the brand new current gen Miata with the upgraded engine. It's good. Just go yeah, get with one. The You're a Mazda engine. guy. Yeah, Just true. go get one and true. enjoy it. Or, yes, of course, you could shop used Cayman or Boxster. And sure. I'm talking 06 and up. Okay. You okay. can find them out sure. there. They're out there. You're Used Cayman Boxster, you would just enjoy that car, and it would be a special car that you would enjoy when the days are right for it. And the Mazda 6, you keep enjoying. That's the keep the Mazda 6 version. I have a variation, which is sell the Mazda 6. I don't like this as much because I think okay. the car you've really succeeded with. But if you sell it and add five grand, now I'm dealing with thirty to thirty-five grand roughly for two cars because I still think this is the division of labor. You need a car that is the do-it-all, that's still kind of fun, mm-hmm. and a car that is the fun car. If I'm doing two cars, there I end up in things like, okay, you need a front-wheel drive usable hatch. Go a little smaller than the Mazda Six. Look at the Mazda Three. Look at the Honda Civic, the Elantra Sport. Hyundai Elantra Sport's a good one in there. You could, if you wanted to go hotter, you'd go further back and get a Mazda Speed 3. Mm. All front-wheel mm. drive, manual if you want them. You, you're just doing That's the a hatch. handful. It's a fun handful. Yeah, for sure. And then you chase the smaller, cheaper front-wheel uh, pardon me, rear-wheel drive fun car, the FRSs, the EcoBoost Mustangs, sure. the third-gen Miata that are all costing you roughly fifteen grand. Sure. I prefer the first scenario. Keep the Mazda 6, spend money on a fun car, make the Mazda 6 the do-it-all. Alec, thanks for writing. Really appreciate your story. And, and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear what you end up getting. Mm-hmm. You've done well so far. Keep it going and uh, write to us with your conclusion. And that goes for all of you, too. Write to us with your conclusions. Love to hear what you guys end up buying. Jump into questions here on Facebook. Aurelio Duarte Encinas asks, will car manufacturers enable over-the-air adjustments that allow lots of things, optimal vehicle performance using software, tracking the routes you take, mapping road surfaces, and measuring traffic congestion, of course, to enable your car to adapt and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Do we pay more for these dynamic car turns instead of paying for the dynamic software program? He says he thinks it could be possible to lead to far smaller, more efficient product lines, open the door to greater personalization options or coach building at the high end of the market. Another topic Tuesday here now. Well, he kind of is. He says, you know, (laughs) at the flick of the switch, use this data based on your specific needs and environment. Mm -hmm. Well, if the idea of, you know, kind of big brother watching doesn't appeal to you, we can all not buy those cars. 
True. We have yeah. the option. Yeah, yeah. But what if that's where everything's going is kind of what he's saying. Now you don't have a choice. Yeah. On the other hand, but what if we use that data to really personalize it? I think what you've done is touch on the potential character of the future. Hmm. As we were t- talking okay. on the topic Tuesday, you've kind of touched on this and where it could go because – if you can customize something exactly like you want, Nike has tried this with shoes, lots of car sure. company, yeah, yeah. companies dabble with products to try to customize it to you. Mm-hmm. As a designer, I learned early on that reversible anything doesn't sell. A reversible piece of furniture that turns from the kid's desk into the preteens thing and then you know, reversible belts, jackets, shoes don't sell. <laughs> I want my shoes to be my shoes. <laughs> I want my belt to just be brown. I want my jacket to be just that. Side note, there is a friend of Paul's that at one point had a brilliant idea for a company that was going to make a reversible product, and he brought it to Paul, and it's one of the, the most times I've ever seen where Paul had the smile on his face like, great idea, because I, I knew, I knew, I already knew what was going in the back of my head, but he's like, reversible nothing. You will not make reversible things. Anyway. I know this is not in that category necessarily, sure. but using data to kind of customize, I mean, that's what, you know, Every software manufacturer wants, right, to customize the interface to you and customize everything to you to make you like it better. And therefore, you stick around and you buy more. Well, but we're also talking about all all of these things. Our phones are the best example. But in all of the cases here, what's really happening is they're farming your data because your data is worth money. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're really going. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of what he's talking about. Tesla's already doing to some degree. Sure. And I think that that, that we will start to see more universal over-the-air updates, but obviously over-the-air updates are better able to affect more features of the car when the car itself is electric. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm very curious about over-the-air updates on internal combustion engine cars and what are we changing and why, and do we want that tracking? That's a whole other question. Tracking is a different question, but what about maintenance and upgrades? Because, you know, electronic fuel injection is controlled by software. Yeah, And, you know, a lot of future stuff on internal combustion engines can be controlled by software. You know, I think there's going to be, just like on your phone, various apps, you're going to opt out to not track or do not share data or all that stuff. I think that will proliferate. Yeah, it's going to have to. But I think the cool part is, you know, what you can do with a car and keep making this car feel fresh. Well, it's... Unlock the new thing. Mm. Now, what Tesla is doing with its Tesla Model 3 owners is it builds in the function and it's buried under the seat and you didn't even know you had it. Yeah. You and then suddenly, oh, I could it. pay for that. I, I didn't order that on my car, but yeah. yet it had there it, it is. secretly. They yeah. put it in there. So that's been a little bit controversial for some owners. But I do get that. But, you know, at least you have the option. And yeah. You know, like trim levels, now you can check the boxes and turn things on and off. Like software as a service, it's mm-hmm. going to be cars as a service, too. Interesting point. Well, but at least in in the situation we're talking about here, at least the car has the feature buried in. If you try to go back and get that that new package put on your older car, it gets much harder. So at least, I mean, it's yeah, like anyway. retrofitting your Mustang GT with the track pack because yeah. you want the intercooler yeah. and you yeah, want yeah. the stuff. It's like, okay, I got to take it back to the dealer. What if, you know, future cars, well, it already had it. Do you want to yeah. pay for it? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, bizarre. Think- We've got a question here from I don't know if, I don't know if I can answer this but I'm going to try. Rabid Mars on Instagram. What is the one car that the entire everyday driver crew, you and me, Edgar, Chance, mm. Nate, Ben, what would we all agree is a good daily driver? This is hard. I mean, we're obviously speaking for the guys. We are speaking for most of the rest of the guys. I think and look, you're talking daily driver. You're not necessarily talking fun car first and foremost. I think you can't go wrong with a GTI or a Mazda Speed 3. I think everybody in the group would say, yep, those are solid. I was going to say C7 Corvette. As a more fun car, I think everybody in the group does like that car as Don't well. That's you a think great we'd agree point. on that one? That's a great point. Everybody would like that car. And I also think if we're going to stay in fun cars, I, think, I don't think there's anybody in the group that wouldn't take a Cayman. Yeah. Yeah, people would like Caymans. You know, yeah. th- then huh. we start we start splitting because, like, for example, you I, I like the Fiesta ST a lot more than Edgar does, but Edgar's declared it a, a tall guy car. He doesn't like the way he fits in it. It's true. That's true. You know, yeah. I like the S two thousand a lot. Chance and I like the eighty six a lot. Mm-hmm. You're you're more of a fan of the S two thousand, I think, than the eighty six. I am. I am. But you know, but I think I would take the eighty six over the S two. It's weird. There's a lot huh, of places yeah, where funny. things divide there, but I do think in the hatches, GTI and Mazda three. And I like those two sports cars, Cayman and C7. I think both of those would win. Bradley J1983 on Instagram says, do we ever drive a car fast and feel like, yeah, 
I got this. I really pushed that car hard. And then you switch seats with a hot shoe and realize our definition of fast must be completely recalibrated as we hold on for dear life. Absolutely. It happens yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love going with you know, the pros and the, the hot shoes, as you said, and the, and the race car drivers. It's actually happened with Ron Simons, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, on our pilgrimage trip. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. the owner of RSR, the, the company that we use to, to get cars for everybody. And He's had a long experience. Big time. And Big time. I, I didn't think tires could hang on quite like that. I didn't think the tread block could like grow fingernails and <laughs> grip the track because I thought I was extracting a lot of that corner. Nope. Ron comes by and like, nope, you're yep. about two or three levels down, my yeah, friend. Yeah, that's funny. Like, what on earth? I had that experience with him when I rode in the, what is the Lotus 311 that he had? He was, you were in a 211 or, no, you I think it was 311. 311. But anyway, rode with him, of course. So the bones of that car are the bones of my lease. Right. Okay, but it's a little more hardcore. But he loves that car. And it's funny because all the guys at RSR, we're actually there right now talking with him. All the guys at RSR kind of hate it because it's difficult to keep running right. Yeah. But it's Ron's favorite car to drive on Spa. So I, I rode with him on spot. It was fascinating because, of course, he knows the, car, the, the track. He practically do it blindfolded, and he's a fantastic driver. He's been doing it forever. I was aware, even from the passenger seat, everything he was doing, I know how to do. Mm-hmm. Everything he was doing sure. felt familiar to me. I could not have accomplished it at his level. Couldn't have done he it. He was just doing it at leaps and bounds out He was here. just doing it at a more refined, I'm better than this at you level. And it's fascinating. And the other thing that happens, and you and I talk about a lot, we'll drive a private owner's car, and they're like, I've never driven it this hard. <laughs> and you and I right. you and I are driving it hard enough that we feel like we're extracting something out of it, but we're also still keeping some reserve because we know we have to turn this car back in and we yeah. don't want to wreck anything. And we're never, like we talked about before, we're never searching for the absolute edge on a canyon because no. it's a public road. So, no. you know, but it's funny how often we'll talk to owners who are just like, I've never actually driven the car that fast. <laughs> so everybody has yeah. a different level of tolerance. And so that's what I do find fascinating is how much speed tolerance changes. And you get that thing where I know this car really well, but I don't know that car at all. And so suddenly mm-hmm. I'm not very fast in this car. It's amazing the stuff to learn. Mm-hmm. Sure is. I mean, it just comes with experience and speed yeah. and yeah, yeah. the comfort of speed, knowing that, okay, I pretty much know what the brakes in this car are going to feel like so I can crush yeah. them. And I know, you know, it's that knowing where where in the braking mm-hmm. zone, whether it's a canyon or a track, where in the braking zone can I do this? And, you know, then, yeah, the, the good drivers will just blow your mind, but they're just, that's what they're paid to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Thomas G22 on uh, on Instagram said, okay, what what? how do we define it's time to get rid of the car? There's enough maintenance going on. It's time to get rid of the car. Obviously, this is a personal tolerance issue. What is your budget? He's asking how to define it. I actually think that a good tipping point that I use sometimes, good tipping point is when if you extrapolate how much money you spent this calendar year, you break that down into a monthly payment, could you have gotten a nice car? for the monthly payment equivalent of what you spent this year to keep your current one running. Mm. If you're spending 250, 300 bucks a month, once you extrapolate it all out, that's how much you spent this year to keep your old car running. Would you be happier in a $300 a month, a new car that has a warranty? I think these start to become factors. Obviously used cars twist the equation, but I think that's the rough way to kind of find your way through. I hear you. All right. Well, last question for us here before we got to jump guys. And that is from the legend continues. What is a type of driving we haven't tried yet? Oh yeah. But desperately want to. Okay. I'd like to try drag racing. I'd like really? to be in a five okay. or six second car and feel what that is. I'd okay. like to feel those G's. I want to do some like the trees right off the mirror rally. That would be good too. I yeah. really want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Guys, thanks a million for all your questions. We want to join want you to join us on our next pilgrimage trip. Yeah, Earmark for sure. that. Start, you know, coffee can, piggy bank, you're marking some funds, <laughs> however you do it. Thanks for all your questions. Really appreciate it. And we're definitely looking on to share all of our our guests, all yeah. of our listeners. And there'll be a video on this podcast with what they thought of the trip. Coming at you soon. All right. Cheers, everyone.